What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Picking Corners, a box lacrosse channel podcast production enterprise business venture, quality content, entertainment value, and a bunch of guys sitting around talking about box lacrosse, thinking that we know more than we do. But today we actually have a special guest who has more than one Google listing when you Google his name. He has a lot of validity in the Google world, and is, there's a lot of lacrosse background, and so we got a lot to learn from him. You'll get to that later. You'll hear about him later. We're not even going to say his name right now. Dude was awesome, but right now, we're going to give you our nonsense of the podcast. Gentlemen, I'm not sick anymore. I'm back with you beauties on here. Garrett, Cam, how are we feeling? You know, Garrett's over here. He's got a Portagers game going on in the background. There's you know a lot of quality content right there. He's got an inspirational sign on the floor. Yeah, great start right there. And then you know we got Cam back here with the records and the TV as always. I feel like I when you were in. describing the 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 picking corners podcast there in the beginning, it sounded like you were basically describing a Chuck E. Cheese, but like the like the business venture, fun content, come spend your money. You know, it's all he was missing was like the pizza. Right. I mean, have we have we not referenced ourselves as being members or cast in the movie semi-pro when we describe how we play lacrosse and what we do and how we travel? I think that also wraps into Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, Chuck E. Cheese semi-pro, semi-pro men's box lacrosse. Just a couple of jive turkeys having a having a ball out here on the I podcast. <laughs> Just some JTs, dude. Um Tucker, it's good to have you back. I'm kind of pissed because I thought I did pretty well last last podcast, introducing everything and kind of being a host. Um, you're definitely prettier than me, and you kind of flow a little bit better, but I think I'm a little more authentic. Um, so maybe we'll take that offline. But uh, it's good to have you everyone. Can, hey, if there's ever a movie about me, you can be my stunt double. I give you permission. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick, dude. Uh, I'm going to Tanya Harding and fucking get your knees cut, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh no uh anyways um no really exciting interview coming up that tucker alluded to right uh we got an nll player first like high level interview sorry matt um coming on the show uh so definitely stay tuned um really great banter back and forth learned a lot um you know kind of one of my first conversations um, we've learned that I'm not Tucker. So this is like my kind of first exposure to a uh, high level um, perspective in the world of box across. So really great. Um, in terms of what's going on with me, uh, spring season just started. I know Tucker, you've been going for a little bit, but uh, starting to have those six, six practices a week and, you know, go from working a full-time job to today was going to practice to coming back and conducting an interview and then now filming the rest of our podcast. Right. So it's a grind, um, but I don't think I would change it. Uh, I love what we do here and um, I'm really excited for the future. Uh, Garrett, what's going on in, uh, in your realm uh, other than your hair just continuing to get more fresh over time? Yeah. You know, I'm just going to keep going until it just fills up the camera until you can't behind <laughs> me. To be looking like Kobe White, bro. Yeah, that's that's the whole point of everything behind me is like it, it's gonna keep going until you can see like half the screen and the stuff is gonna keep, keep like those out of the frame. But other than that, everything's cool. I'm getting excited for the world game coming up in San Diego. Granted, it's some months away, but we have a couple teammates that are gonna go out there. One Remy on the Portagers, shout out Rem Dog. He's gonna play for Team France, France Team France. 
Parlez-vous français? Les incompétents. One of our other uh, guys we played with recently, he's going to play for Team Israel. That's Dan Applebaum. And um, Tahoka and Lyle are going to go like, you know, my favorites because. Oh, wow, yeah, your best friend. You guys are on first name basis. There. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they're playing for uh, for the. Um, the the Hold Mashonis. The Hold Mashonis. And I've seen pictures and rumors that Toka's be playing defense. So that should be very interesting. That's pretty dope. He's a baller. Um, before that even happens, we've got the NLL outdoor game, right? Also happening in yes, San Diego. That's coming. Some up would say. Days. Some some would say. I've seen some advertisements here and there. Uh, uh, I saw a Facebook event being listed. Some would say there's an outdoor NLL game. Uh, you seem to know more about it than us, though, Cam. I wouldn't say I really know more than anybody about anything. But uh, <laughs> Snapdragon Stadium, uh, it's going to be pretty wild. Pretty pretty upset that our producer Al couldn't get his tickets. Um, he said that he had his identity stolen or something. It was super convenient, especially because I saw him use his credit card at lunch today. Um, so that's pretty bogus. But uh, really, I mean, honestly, I'm upset that I didn't know about it sooner. I'll be honest. I didn't really know about it until about a month ago. Um, and that's just being a bad fan. But uh, if I had known earlier, I think I probably would have went. There's not, you know, we're in the Midwest, right? There's no NLL team close. The closest one would be Toronto, right? Um, or Denver, Denver. I, guess, I think Toronto would probably be closer, I think, than than Denver. Um, but there's nothing in our area, right? It's not like the PLO where they travel around and uh, they play in non-traditional hotbeds. Um, and I'm just like dying to to actually see a, a game in person. So if I had known a little bit sooner, definitely would have been out there. Um, I don't think I've talked to you guys since I went to Vegas, though, right? Like I just got back from Vegas uh, last week. How was that? Uh, it was awesome. Um, I can't say that I saw any desert dogs shooting craps or testing their luck at the roulette wheel. Um, but I definitely was able to uh, stand outside the doors of the stadium and take a nice cool picture right under the Michelob ultra arena sign. Um, that also was advertising the desert dogs uh, game against the roughnecks, which they won um, in pretty cool fashion. So um, <laughs> I didn't get to see the game, but it was cool to actually be, uh, in a place that high level box lacrosse is being played other than obviously, uh, the Portagers arena. Um, so, uh, you know, it was a cool experience. Definitely came away with some, um, lessons like walk away after you're down 200, $300. Um, but otherwise lacrosse, uh, it was just like a nice little hiatus before I had to, to jump or head first right into the spring lacrosse season. So, Good to be back. Good to have you back, Tucker. Garrett, I missed your face, too. Um, Do we... Kids, I will have you tell you, the only way out, especially when you're in Vegas, is to dig deeper. (laughs) Double down. All right, Garrett does not... Let's give that... Put that banner right here about anything Garrett says does not go for legal usage. It's just (laughs) Garrett talking. Put the mortgage on black. Um, If you are having trouble with gambling... Well, hey, hold on, hold on. Let's talk about problems with gambling and mortgage and putting your money on something. The PVLA. I was just going to say, do we, do we wet our feet or do we just dive Bam. in? Yeah. No, dude, forget it. We're going off the deep end of the deepest pool we can find in the Midwest, which isn't really that deep, but there's PBLA at the bottom of that pool. I'll tell you that right now. The PBLA is back. Kinda. 
So listen, I, I talked about this. I alluded to this. We talk about this all the time in our group chat. We want the PBLA to succeed. We want another pro league to succeed. We want some hope at being professional lacrosse players one day down the road. We want these things. They're values. We, we appreciate them. But at the same time, we also love being pessimistic and love talking about things that we don't know enough about talking about. But Reddit does. Reddit knows what they're talking about. And in this case, if you need some entertaining content, r-pbla gives you all the insider information you could possibly need. Right now, gentlemen, right now, the PBLA was brought back into action in Elmira, New York. Okay, I should add that in these games, the officials were wearing some very funny officials' outfits that I don't know if they stole them from a youth rec department soccer bin or if they were actual jerseys. Now, to clarify, not a lot of are these, uh, was it on purpose? Was it supposed to be funny or is I, this? I don't know. It's hard to say. The original PBLA jerseys were in use. Many of the original, original PBLA players were playing. Lacrosse TV did have a broadcast between um, Binghamton and Elmira. This was like a four-team deal, all in Elmira couple cameras propped up around the place lacrosse was going on i didn't see a lot of people in the stands but that's okay because they just needed the league to continue on i have a lot of questions have they sold ownership is it somebody else running it is there a new venture behind this i don't know we don't know enough right now the most interesting thing though in the pbla world right now comes from one of our rivals our enemies the same tier of podcast back of the bird and i say all those things in complete comedy because we all listen to them and love them the boys at Back of the Bird tweeted, the insider, the insiders with five, four S's have been informed by sources close to the league that there will be a quote-unquote PBLA Players Invitational Tournament being held in late March, early April with all nine teams participating, meaning all players that were a part of the PBLA have a chance to return in this, not just a few teams in Elmira, which means which means I think more funding has been secured to continue the league for a little bit. So I'm curious to see where this is going right now. Jake Carraway popped off with the Atlas in the championship series just now. Does he go back to the PBLA? Does he say no way PBLA and he's full Atlas? I don't know. That's a whole different storyline developing. I have now talked for four minutes. Gentlemen, that's my PBLA take of the day. <laughs> it's wild because, I mean, for a few reasons, right? Um, it's it's crazy that you could have a spinoff so quick after having half a season right like I, I i think it would be comparable to like breaking bad not making it through the first season and then just come out with better call Saul, and you're just like what like what did i miss you know you're just like kind of grasping at straws trying to understand what's going on um i think the moral of the story here is we always want them to be successful right i mean like truly we we joke about it obviously because it is kind of funny for us but we also do want to support them and and obviously you know give them a good exposure too like these this league is giving um players a a platform to to play the game that they love at a high level that you know they wouldn't otherwise get so you know we do want to commend them for that um maybe they're like partnering with mattress firm and they're just like laundering all this money so that they can fund uh you know <laughs> what they accusations need. have been made <laughs> right uh, a producer al throw like a little asterisk in the corner that says like you know do not take this to heart but um 
yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Uh, I I think back to like one of our first episodes where we said that we have to go try out next year. Um, yeah. So I definitely want to like. It's happening. It. Yeah, no, we it's, have to. it's yeah. I'll I'll go to the gym for multiple weeks in a row preparing for this. I think it might almost be funnier if we just got right off the couch and just went and tried out. Just yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> off the couch, control her down, and says, "Oh wait, I'm here now." Right, pass the sticks. I'm actually going to go play. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't, there's not really much more. We, we we've spent so much time talking about the PBLA at this point. They're in, they're out, they're in, they're out. They do you know turn, do the hokey pokey and turn around like it's. It's interesting to kind of see how the long game is going to play here. So let's hope right. it, it works in their favor. Um, That's right. But otherwise, you know. Garrett, Garrett, what's your corner? Garrett, I just talked about the PBLA, and then Cam also talked about the PBLA. And now you have to up that, man. Good luck. Ooh, did Garrett even fill out the show notes? That's a good point. And I have to up it. And I have to up it somehow. And my up it was always going to be. My boy, the Desert Dogs. Oh, this guy. I love them. I love Vegas. I love Mandalay Bay. I love how they're winning. They're gritty. They're winning. They're going to go to San Diego. So much energy. They had to take it outside. You understand how how big that is? But, you know, I digress. We'll see how they they turn out. But, you know, I'm I'm happy happy they're winning. Happy the teams are doing well. I actually want to see how Buffalo is going to do this season, you know, because they were pretty um, – they are really good last year. Um, I really want to, see, to kind of see them go again. Um, Dane Smith, check your damn DMs, okay? I know you see it. <laughs> Dude, me too. Yeah. yeah. Open it up and let and hit me back, all right? Let's, let's, let's stop dodging me here, all right? There's <laughs> one free DJ session in play here if you respond to Garrett's. Exactly. Yeah. I will Dude. fly out to Buffalo and have that place rocking. Okay, <laughs> weddings, birthday parties, like whatever you need, like Garrett is there let's, for. Let's you. do it. You know, and that goes for any NLL player that wants to, you know, that needs some done. You know, and speaking yeah. of like the bandits, they're they're now tied for the lead with the Nighthawks, and is it the Rock that are in that conference as well? I think. Um, so. And we actually got to talk with a Nighthawk player. Uh, it's coming up in a little bit. Um, so you know, wild to see how competitive the NLL is right now. They're having an outdoor game. Um, a lot of action going on. Uh, if you had asked me like two years ago, if I was tuning into professional lacrosse from the Midwest, non-traditional hotbed, I'd be like, no, dude, I've got plenty of other things to do. But uh, I'm pretty bought in. Um, I actually watched our uh, interviewee score game winning goal in the second longest NL game in history uh, last Saturday night. So um, pretty wild stuff, really good content. Um, and yeah, just really excited to, to get to that portion. Uh, just get to the get to the interview. Get to the interview. You just meet, baby. you just we segued well, it. You know, we you were watching it with here. one eye open. Longest game ever. Intro this man. Segue this man. Get us to the interview. It was awesome. Guys of gem learned a lot. Big grower of the game. Garrett had sweaty palms before he let him in from the Zoom lobby. <laughs> I was nervous. I couldn't do it. I really couldn't do it. I just I was very nervous. I saw him in there, and I was like. Ugh. Calm oh. down. He's just a person. Let him in. I mean, what more do they need? Uh... We have our first guest, our inaugural guest, kicking off the new season of guests, the man himself, 
Brad B. Red G. Gillies, the overtime goal scoring winner. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's all over the internet. This guy does nothing but keep a cool head and just win games. Brad, nice to see, meet you. How you doing? I'm doing good. I appreciate that. Uh, happy to be on here and uh, appreciate the introduction there. Well, it's great to have you. And, you know, everyone else, we have, of course, back with Cam. We have Tucker finally back again. You know, we want to do an interview piece with all of us. So let's just with that, let's go ahead and kick off the questions. I'd say I'm going to go ahead and start because I have one that's really, really good for me. Um, obviously, box lacrosse is very near and dear to your heart. You know, you got two mental cups under your belt. You got a whole stack of awards and recognitions and you've achieved a lot and you've seen a lot. So for you personally, um, how is your season going? You personally, you and the team. Um, I mean, I think we definitely uh, over uh, exceeding expectations so far. Um, one thing we put up in our locker room, uh, the, the cool bet uh, is one of the sports bucks in Canada and they had our preseason um, championship odds that we were by far the lowest uh, in the entire league. So that kind of said um, what the expectations were for us going into this season, at least from the outside. Um, and I think inside our room, we, we felt good about what we had, but um, I think we'd be lying if we said we're not kind of exceeding some of the expectations. Um, but now that we're kind of playing how we are, uh, I think now we kind of have a lot of confidence and we're just going to kind of keep going. Love, love to hear that. Now, with that being said, what are some things that you wish you could change that be about how you're playing, how the team's playing, how the league is playing, how the league's doing? What are some things you think you wish you could change right now? Um, I mean, from a personal standpoint, like I said, I think I, uh, I, I'm starting to play at a really high level. I think uh, coming into a new team, it took me a bit to get going. Um, I've kind of always found that anytime I change teams or maybe going from a certain junior team up to the next junior team or starting at RIT and, and whatnot, it takes a bit to get comfortable. Um, I, I've always found myself. So um, I would maybe change starting off right away, kind of like this, I guess. But now that uh, I'm, I'm kind of comfortable with the team and comfortable with my role, um, I'm kind of starting to play how I like to play. Um, and then as a team, I think we we don't need to change a whole lot. I think like I said, we're eight and two right now. Um, we've beaten some really good teams. So it's just kind of about consistently playing at that that high level that we played at um, and not kind of playing um, maybe the way that we've, they've played in seasons past or uh, just kind of uh, the the lulls that you can kind of have in an all season, just trying to really play at a high level the whole time. And I have to ask, Brad, um, you know, you kind of alluded to the fact that obviously you guys weren't projected to have a great season off the bat, right? Have you noticed a shift amongst the league? Like, are people starting to look over their shoulders, kind of like size you up a little bit differently now that you guys are clearly proving yourselves as uh, some of the best, you know, amongst the league in terms of uh, your record performance and all that. I mean, there's, there's gotta be some, some whispers. Uh, hey, we got to check out the Nighthawks here. They're giving us a little bit of a problem, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, you, you'll see, you've seen that in, in kind of the rematches that we've already had um, or some of those teams that we played um, that were probably ranked ahead of us coming in, but they've kind of had to really elevate their play. No one kind of, 
that we're kind of coming in and, and playing at a high level. So even that that first Buffalo game, I think we surprised them. Our first Toronto game, we definitely surprised them. And that second time playing Buffalo, you could tell that they were they were ready for us and they weren't going to kind of let us try to get the best of them twice. So um, we're definitely getting teams best. It's no longer kind of oh, Rochester's coming into town. You can kind of just go and play. It's it's we're we're one of the top teams in the league and we're confident in that. So um, teams have to kind of come ready to play. Yeah, and I have to think that that's probably something you live for, right? Being a competitor, being you know in the sport for so long, you don't want people to take you lightly, right? You want to play them at their best and know that you're just as competitive as as if not more competitive than them, right? So it's got to be sweet to uh, just be playing at a high level, like you said, right now, and and having that experience. Um, kind of to shift gears a little bit, you know, we're not all just about what's going on at the highest level, and we also like to cover, obviously, um, you know, what people are doing to give back to the sport and obviously grow the game. Um, so I'd like to have you chat a little bit about, um, you know, did you think that you were going to stay in Rochester? What did that journey look like for you? And, uh, you know, what do things look like now that you've been there for a while, kind of starting programs and things like that? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of um, all shaked out pretty organically um, as my career happened. I went and uh, played at RIT in Rochester. Um, after I was done my degree there, I I can't say I was fully invested in what my my school degree was. I, I took biomedical science and I thought I was going to be a kind of a physiotherapist, something along those lines. And I just wasn't going to be. So um, lacrosse seemed to be kind of the path and uh, it kind of just steered me towards coaching. And um, after playing uh, at RIT, I got to coach there and that led me to being drafted by the Nighthawks. And it just kind of kept spiraling into uh, into that kind of starting the, the, the Nighthawks programs and uh, kind of left me to where I am now. And, and kind of, as you mentioned, I've, I've started uh, my own box across company and, and leagues and, and tournaments and teams and um, have been coaching um, and, and growing box across in Rochester for about six years now. So um, it's, it, it just kind of uh, everything kind of happened for a reason, I guess. And, and each kind of stage of my career kind of led me to, to being where I am now. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, one of the things that we love the most here on the show is just advocates of the sport in general, but obviously being able to provide opportunities for people that might not have had it. Um, and it sounds like you've had, you know, a, a pretty straightforward experience yourself, but maybe being able to give back to the community and help kids uh, realize their love for the sport that they might not have had if they didn't have someone like you um, is, is really cool to witness. Yeah, I think that's one of the coolest things uh, that I found is um, just introducing box across to, to predominantly field across players um, and, and having them kind of play true box across is, is one of the cooler experiences you can kind of have, I think as coaches and, and as box cross lovers, they it's, it's been kind of sold maybe as this, this big cross training um, type thing to, all right, all you you play box cross to improve your field game, and and it does. It, it's it's a, a huge part of it. But these kids play it for the first time; and they fall in love with it. It's 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 just flat out fun. And field across, I, I love all kind of forms of cross. I'll I'll eat them all up. But um, these younger kids, I think, when they get to play box cross compared to field across, the the action is so much more. They're touching the ball more. They're just they're just involved in the play so much more. So they fall in love with that brand of lacrosse. So that's been um, one of the coolest parts. And I think that's really helped um, spark kind of the build that I've done is 
you have these kids that are introduced to it at a young age and they just go, they don't go away from it. They're, they're hooked on it and they stay with it all the way up. And as much as they can, obviously other sports come in, but um, you just get these, these box players. They're not just kind of your, their lacrosse players. They, they really feel they're box lacrosse players and, and they fall in love with it and they, they kind of eat it up. Yeah. I mean, I can attest to that myself. Um, I didn't start playing box until I was 26. Right. So uh, it, I am basically uh, confirming that like fire for the sport, right. That like, longing to kind of try something new, um, something fast paced. Uh, I love physical contact. There's a ton of that, obviously. Right. Um, it's just a very unique sport and kind of a you know sub brand of just lacrosse in general. Um, and obviously it's got a ton of history to it as well, which is uh, amazing to see. Um, and I, I noticed, obviously, you got that really cool um, kind of like picture painting type thing behind you with the the Canadian flag and the American flag. And it's really awesome to be able to uh, stretch across, you know, uh, multiple cultures, um, talk to a ton of people with different backgrounds, right? Um, You know, obviously it being a huge Canadian sport, but then seeing the growth in America now, um, you know, what what are some of the differences that you see between yourself growing up and you learning it um, and then opposed to some of the American players now coming up, I know that there's obviously um, in a, an experience gap there, but do you think that we're kind of closing that gap or do you think there's still a lot of room for improvement? Um, I think, I mean, I think there's definitely room for improvement. There's no doubt. Um, it's, it's just so ingrained in the lacrosse culture and in Ontario and BC in particular, but Alberta as well and throughout Canada, but those two hotbeds um, in particular, it's just so ingrained in, in what your lacrosse is. You play box and you play a bit of an abbreviated field season. So 75% of the lacrosse you're playing and, and the important lacrosse is, is box up there and you play for your towns. You, you, um, you see a lot of guys that are just kind of, um, especially in, in some of the bigger markets, Orangeville, Oakville, you got NLL guys or guys with um, a lot of experience coaching those those youth teams, whether they either just had young, young kids now or um, they're just giving back to their town because because they want to see that town uh, continue to thrive. So there's it, it, it's just such a, a, a machine up there right now. And, and it's ingrained in in the lacrosse community. Um, so it, it's why you're seeing just year after year really great box cross players come out of those markets. But um, I think we're definitely moving in the right direction here. And, it, and it's, it's all about, it's all about starting at the youth and, and having these guys play at a young age. And, and like I said, kind of get a love for it, but then we need, um, we need outlets for it. We need the ability for it to be played at a high level um, every, every year, continue to grow and not just kind of be, pick up or um, your kind of just town stuff. It's, it's gotta be the high level lacrosse players. That's what they are thriving or um, yeah, aspiring to, to play. They want to play at high level box tournaments and continue to move up where right now it's kind of, it's pretty field um, field focused right now as far as the top tournaments in the country or the top players are, are focused on field. And so you kind of have to get it where they're doing both. It's not going to go away, but where the top kids are are wanting to play at high level box events and it um, and it means something to them and, and something they aspire to win where just like in Canada, that's what we're doing. We're, we're trying to win provincial A championship every year. And when right. you're peewee, bantam, midget, junior, you're trying to win the founders, junior B, minto, junior A, so on and so forth. So it, it's, it's all about kind of the, the competitiveness of it. And that's, what makes 
people grade what's what makes sport great is is the competition so the high level has to be kind of competing in that level absolutely yeah totally kind of question for you here brad just just going back to your your childhood and your youth and i think you alluded to it a little bit you know your rit path you you didn't necessarily you know plan to get into lacrosse into the way you did and and you know after rit you know you you thought maybe you'd use your degree a different way or life would take you a different way and and as we all know lacrosse it spins right back to you but you know from a young age were you were you aspiring to play in the nll were you watching nll games were you a fan of the nll or were you more focused on kind of the the senior you know level in your area was that more of a focus for you just to get to that and then kind of go from there um I mean, I, I'd always kind of played on an A team, I guess, growing up. Um, we were always kind of a top 12 uh, type program um, all the way up through minor. And then um, I went on and played Orange, uh, junior in Orangeville. And that was just kind of, again, trying to just kind of continue to play the highest level. At that time, had I thought I was going to be good enough for the NL, probably not. It wasn't until maybe a little bit later in my junior career where some of the guys that I had played with previously were making that jump um, right away, whether they weren't going to school or, or just um, really kind of one of the, uh, some of the top guys. So that's when I, I started to kind of think um, that it would be something I would be able to do. Um, but I had always followed it. I'd always had a, a, I was always kind of a lax rat. I, I went to Toronto rock games all the time when they were winning three in a row, I was at every one of those games and, um, one of the big things I used to do and me and my dad used to go to a ton of senior, um, senior man cup type games. We'd go watch Brampton versus Peterborough and then Victoria would come over and play the winner of that. So we were, we'd always kind of go and watch the NLL guys go and play in the summer as well. Cause it was, it was 20 minutes from my house and it was John Grant jr. Playing with John Tavares and against Josh Sanderson and, and Colin Doyle and these guys. So it was, it was always really cool to go watch these, the best players in the game playing in the middle of the summer in uh, kind of these small arenas. And it just kind of felt intimate and was always, uh, was really fun to watch. So I think that was kind of a big part of my development, or at least the love for it and the, the want to kind of continue to, to grow within the sport. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's huge. And it, it's, it's always good to hear kind of people, people fall into the place they, they should be in naturally. And it, and it's a, um, a system where you like to see it happen. And, and, you know, it's kind of nice every now and then to, to have players, not just outright say, yeah, it was going to happen from day one. So for you, it's really cool to kind of take, to hear that out there. Have you done any kind of non-traditional box stuff? Have you went and played in Prague? Have you done any of the European stuff? Have you played in any, you know, outside the box, box lacrosse type of games, or have you kind of stuck strictly to, you know, Canadian and, um, NLL action in your, your recent years? Um, I think three or four years ago, I, I did play in the lax snay, um, up in Onondaga. Um, we, uh, one of the graph techs guys, uh, Bo Riley put together kind of an RIT team. So, um, we've, there, there's a bunch of guys that are in the NLL from RIT and, uh, so, and there's some current guys that were just at RIT Canadian guys. So we went and put together a pretty good team and, um, I, I forget what place we finished. We were probably a little more focused on some of the off field stuff than, uh, than the on floor, but we had a good time doing that. And it's, it's something since then we've, we've really wanted to try to put another really good kind of RIT guy, um, team into that tournament. But outside of that, I, I, I mean, that Prague tournament's on the bucket list. It's, it's in a tough point. I think it's in April every year. So 
that's always during the NLL season. So hopefully um, a long ways away, maybe I can, I can go find a team and play on that near the end of my career, but I'm, I'm going to try to play this as long as I can. So, I mean, if you need a, if you need a team, we can definitely throw something together. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure, we, I'm sure we can make a spot for you or something, <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll do that when I'm, when I'm 41, 42. So. <laughs> that that last night, uh, that last night was a good one. Particularly, I I was playing in a, a lower bracket with with Music City with Nashville's team in that same tournament. So I uh, I I think I'm remembering the same year you are, and I'm remembering the same Prague reason as you too. So I'm going to the the Frank Menschner <laughs> Cup in uh, in the fall instead of the Alice Breski. So I I can relate to that one as well. I think that's that's pretty much everything that we wanted to cover. Um, we don't want to keep you too much longer here, Brad, but we really do appreciate it. You being our first guest, um, really exciting, great conversation. It's good to get in the mind of somebody who's eat, lives, breathes the sport, right? Um, we trying to kind of model ourselves after after that as well, and, and give back like you do as well. So, uh, really appreciate the time. Uh, you're always welcome back on the show. So, anytime you want to come back and, and kick it with the boys. Uh, talk a little box across you're more than welcome but uh we'll let you what get you get going here and really appreciate your time no i appreciate that and uh no i'm happy to come on and i i do love uh I, the other sorry just to, sorry not to keep it going but oh, um, I, played, I think during covid uh it was in pittsburgh i forget what the name of that tournament was um is that na nabl or um, yeah, that was uh, I remember the exact tournament you're talking about because it was a big deal kind of when that was happening just because there wasn't a lot of lacrosse going on. Um, yeah, it, that was either. Yeah, that wasn't IBLA because IBLA kind of froze up, I think. Maybe maybe you're right or maybe it was. IBLA. I think it was IBLA. Um, was but it, I, I played with the main Northman yeah, um, yeah. the year before in Florida. And then I, I went and played with them at that tournament. Um, and again, it was just it was awesome because it was right in the middle of COVID. It felt a little sketchy. Everybody was a little bit on on edge, but it was just great to go play. But I bring that up because I, I found it so cool. Um, all of these Midwest cities are now putting together all these box cross programs and um, men's t- teams. And, and I'm sure it's hopefully going to spear um, youth teams at those, all those levels. So it's really, really cool to, to see kind of that growth um, throughout the Midwest and, in cities that you would never thought in a million years are going to have a box across team and um, let alone that's kind of the support that you guys are doing. So I imagine you guys are a big part of some of those teams or if not more than one. And um, so it's, it's awesome that you guys are growing the game out in those kind of untraditional markets. So appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We've, we've got uh Garrett and I play for the Chicago Portagers. Tucker represents the Iowa Dogfish that are out of the quad cities on the Mississippi and our producer, Al, and uh, one of our other, uh, Big influential members, Matt, are uh, the owners of both the Iowa Dogfish and the Chicago Portagers, as well as the uh, Madison Milkmen as well. So we've got a, a pretty pretty solid league. Teams out of like Colorado, Salt Lake City, Kansas City, St. Louis, Wisconsin, you know, Chicago area, right? Tons of different places. Um, and it's been really cool to see it grow. And, you know, if we need to, to fly out to a game and have you come out here and experience a little bit different level, we'll, we'll have you join us. But uh yeah, it's, it's great to get a little bit of a uh, you know, perspective from yourself. You know, it, we have our own experience, right. But um, we want to be able to, uh, you know, spread our, our wings as wide as we can and get perspectives from everybody around the country in terms of box across, right. Really pumped for that NLL outdoor game. I don't know if you're going to make your way out that way, but um, you know, just any way that we can 
make sure that we're growing the sport. That's what we want to do. So hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Well, we appreciate you joining us. I think that's pretty much all we have for you. So uh, we'll let you go here, but first interview, really appreciate it. Appreciate your time. We'll uh, chat with you again soon. Thanks, Thanks. Brad. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys. All right. Well, that was our first interview with none other than Brad Gillies, uh, Rochester Nighthawk friend of the pod. Um, definitely going to have him back. Really appreciate the uh, the banter back and forth. Got to know a lot about uh, what happens inside the NLL and, uh, you know, how high level players are helping grow the game. So um, that's that's our episode uh, six, I believe, of Picking Corners, a box across channel podcast. Uh, we will see you guys back here in a little bit. Thanks for tuning in.